Today on the SodaPod, we are going to recap the Wilds' home opener versus Winnipeg. Hoppy uh, met a ton of fans and had a great time there. And also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, hit up Tom Reeds. Uh, also, check out the Brewery Travels podcast if you're listening to this. It is Thursday, which means the Brewery Travels podcast dropped on their feed. Subscribe, support, and listen to that podcast. We'll get, we'll get into all that and more in episode 218 of the SodaPod. Let's go. 7th Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of 7th Avenue Pizza. From the wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha, join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy, how's your day going? Uh, I heard you had a, had a fun night yesterday. Dude, that was... Spoke to you. Here we go. Electric factory. Um, I don't know how else to describe it at this point. Uh, I mean, obviously you could tell this was the first packed house in about two years. And holy shit, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And even with how the game got started, like you really didn't feel the fans deflate at all. Like it was bumping the entire time. And to have them come back the way they did, like shit was, uh, how do you say, wild. Wow, good one there. Yeah, I saw so many of our friends and you know listeners and just a lot of people on wild Twitter and social media that we interact with at that game or like you know watching that game from home but tweeting pictures and and interacting. So it was cool to see the entire wild communities come together. And I think you highlighted there too that the vibe I got was that like win or lose, everyone was just pumped and uh, and supporting this team. And I mean the, the Winnipeg Jets they gave they gave the Wild uh, a few scares there now. Full disclosure, Hoppy was the Soda Pod representative this week at the game, watching the game. First time, even since preseason, I sat down and watched uh, my Vancouver Canucks. And let me tell you, I wish, I honestly wish I would have just kept working because it was it was an utter embarrassment. Um, I was surprised also Joey wasn't trolling me the whole time. I'm the one who actually messaged him and I was like, nice goal by Skinner. I'm embarrassed to be a Canucks fan right now. Um, I think that was like 10 minutes left in the third two. And he was like, Oh, don't worry. Buffalo will blow it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like I got mad Canucks vibes right now. And this is not good. <laughs> Fair enough, man. And dude, you, you just knew that everyone was in like peak form when Kaprizov gets a penalty and immediately booze erupt. And it's just ref. You suck. Refs. You suck. I'm like, yep. I know where I am now. Cool. We'll get into more than that uh, momentarily. Just want to give a quick shout out to our partners here on the Soda Pod, 7th Ave Pizza and Northland Vodka. Um, I saw I saw Northland was actually interacting with you yesterday as you were posting away there. They sure were. Yeah. Tom Reeds, we need to get uh, Northland on uh, on the shelf. Let's go. Come on now. We can I make should, it happen. We can I shouldn't be happen. talking because we don't have Northland on the shelf anywhere where I'm from. <laughs> no. But we have it on the shelf, Hoppy Shelf, and that's all that counts. So go support our friends at Northland Vodka and 7th Ave Pizza. Uh, again, Matt and everyone there North, or Northland, at 7th Ave Pizza are amazing. And again, talk about like, you know, we talked about 
wild fans interaction on Twitter, like the seventh Av community, like it's separate from just like wild Twitter. Now they're like, they're involved in every, every niche of, uh, of, of Minnesota sports, I think. Cause you know, the twins fans that I follow, um, all the Viking sense, everyone, everyone before any sports game is shown off a picture of their seventh Av pizza. So if you haven't already go support them, as well uh you can uh well i was gonna say you, you can support us you can follow us on twitter at the soda pod russell on facebook and youtube um thanks to everyone who's been supporting us on youtube right now we really appreciate it if you subscribe to the channel um keep uh hit that bell button for notifications on when we have new videos and we're, we're posting a lot of them which we, we try to hit at least one a day uh we have some content anyways <laughs> backed up to do that so check us out there if you like the videos we really appreciate that and we're totally interactive as you know if you follow us on social media leave a comment on our channel as well you can leave us a text or voicemail 612-324-1684 Eight, four, and the Hockey Podcast Network and the Soda Pod are proudly powered by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code TPPN upon sign up for a bonus. And if you're a regular user, plug that promo code in for weekly deals. On the other side, we're going to talk more about the home opener, Minnesota Wild Hobo home opener against the Winnipeg Jets here on 218 of the Soda Pod. All right, Hoppy. Uh, so again, you're the one representing the Soda Pod there. Uh, downtown St. Paul hitting up the Minnesota wild game. Um, yeah. T- t- tell us the story, man. We haven't really, I, I haven't even caught up with you uh, prior to recording. So I'm just interested in how the night went. I mean, it can't be a bad night when it starts with several drinks and the greatest poutine that Isha will ever have once he comes down here and then going over. I'm, I'm really sorry, Isha. We, we had to, and it was so funny because I did not do it because you posted about it, but, Literally, as you post about the immortal toast, we're like on our way to bad weather. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be perfect. Yeah, I saw, I saw that you're like, sorry, Isha, and um, that was just perfect timing because uh, I haven't seen many of their posts lately, just on my, on my Twitter feed. Now that's probably because of me tweeting every everything I see. As I tell Hoppy to go find something that I tweet, and he's like, I just can't, dude. I, I can't scroll through all the shit that you're fucking retweeting here and there. So that's probably my bad for not seeing bad weather, not liking enough of the things where Twitter's showing them on my feed. But I did see some pictures as uh, as they were canning some, yeah, Mortal Toast. And one of the best beers, I mean, it is one of the best beers I've ever had. I put the Dangerous Man peanut butter beer at number one, and I'm talking like all time. That's like Minnesota beers right now. They're they're outranking BC beers in my like top beers out there because it goes Dangerous Man peanut butter porter, and then the the the, the Dangerous Man mortal toast like that. The bad weather immortal toast. Sorry, bad weather uh, mortal toast. I'm off a little bit here today. Got the second COVID vaccine. <laughs> Literally half my body is numb. It's actually pretty funny. I was telling Hoppy I couldn't text him earlier. Well, I'm, I text him worse than I usually do. Um, but again, those two beers, unbelievable. Go support uh, our friends at Bad Weather. Unbelievable stuff there. No, couldn't agree more. And it's such an easy walk to the game. And actually, I don't know if they're not doing it this year because of COVID, because I know they didn't have it last night, but they used to have a shuttle, like a bus that would take you from there straight to the rink. So keep your eyes peeled in case that comes back. But yes, like if you ever know that I'm going to be heading to a game, you will find me one, if not both of those places prior. And uh, supporting Marco Rossi and the 67s, I see when you uh, when you went there. I love your tweet. Find me. I'll be the only one wearing this. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said quite the opposite, but 
hopefully people caught on to that. <laughs> like, yes, I don't think anyone else was wearing that. No. Did you see anyone else wearing a Rossi jersey? I of did any kind? not. If I did, I would have been very confused. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get Z to a game soon. He'll be the hopefully the first of many to be uh, supporting uh, Duhame on the back. Did oh, you see any Duhame? See anybody yet with the Duhame? I didn't notice any. It doesn't mean they weren't there. No, actually, the most interesting jersey debacle for me because I like, I almost wanted to say something and I didn't because that wouldn't be polite. But the guy sitting in front of us, he's wearing like everyone has the like. We saw multiple people with like a darker, like blackish gray jersey, and then like American flag, like donned like in the numbers, you know, like cut okay, out. Yeah, yeah. And it was a Kaprizov jersey. And I just feel like Kirill Kaprizov wouldn't appreciate donning oh. red, white, and blue. I don't know. Oh. Something felt dirty about it. That's good. He's like, he's a <laughs> Well, he's then we came, up, we came up with the idea because I met up between the first and the second period with our boy Maxon and oh, nice. he his buddy that was with us we were talking about it because I saw someone else with one of those jerseys I'm like yeah by the way guys like what do you think about this and right away they're like we just need to make a new version of that that has the hammer and sickle on the back and everyone will buy it uh, so now I'm like a 50% owner of a jersey that'll probably never be made so that's fun that's hilarious I don't know maybe maybe soda sticks will like the idea and they'll they'll start printing those we'll see so again I'll make no money but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it's uh, even too edgy for them. <laughs> um, but dude, and then Q, he's just like, he should be oh, yes. liked up the entire. Oh game, yeah, Q right? joined you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's just an entertaining fellow, and like the first thing he said, like he just looks over at me after a couple of like big moments. He's like, I appreciate how fast the fans get up and down. Like, cause literally people like stand up and get excited. And then as soon as the action's over, they sit down instantly. And he just like, couldn't grasp how like in sync everyone was with it. And I'm like, all right, I can't keep up with this. Talked I mean, about uh, getting a birthday present this year, which was a month ago. And it was uh, something signed by Talbot and he couldn't come up with certificate of authenticity. Shocker. He he said something like authentic, certic, and like said a couple more things. And finally it was like, uh, purchased by Eric Qualley. Because, like, he purchased it for himself and said, yeah, that's just my birthday gift. <laughs> that's that's just, like, a couple oh. teasers. So, if anyone, again, uh, majority of the games that I go to this year will be with him. If I say I'm going out, come find us. Because oh, it's worth the, guy, it. the guy is a soundbite machine. Um, man, I uh, he's just something else. Yeah, I mean, well, if, hey, Bill it to the soda pod or maze media labs. We'll get him a mic. We'll mic him up. We'll do like, instead of on ice, we'll, we'll do off ice with Q. So they, they also had this, uh, like what I don't think it might've been intermission. Yeah. It would have been an intermission segment where they asked a fan, like name as many things as you can within this like time limit of things that like make you warm. Right. And then they got through a bunch of them and it was actually pretty funny for them too because they just kept on saying like ridiculous things that they didn't know if they would count they kept counting yeah. he's like oh okay then i'll do this oh okay and then it was up against victor rask who was pre-taped and he gets the first couple that are pretty straightforward and you see him kind of like pause and think and he's struggling and then he gets a couple more at the very end and then the very last one he gets is uh another person <laughs> And, and the crowd went nuts. <laughs> so oh. maybe people don't hate Victor Rask anymore after that. At least the people that were in attendance. Yeah. The the bloggers, the analytics folk, 
They're still yeah. gonna hate him. So, Maybe, so now we now we although Brett through. Brett Marshall may have found a little a little soft spot for him that night because I know Brett had a hell of a time too. Oh man, that I there was a lot of people there, and it's funny I was like messaging Jesse the whole time like we were gonna meet up in between periods, Jesse Pierce, and like she thought we were gonna meet between first and second period, but that's definitely not what like we had communicated. It was kind of unclear. So like I was meeting up with Nick Maxson at that point. Then I'm like, oh, well, what about between second and third? And she's like, yeah. And then apparently she like lost all cell connection. Like when I said where I was and like, I didn't hear from her until like five minutes into the period. She's like, yeah, I just got service back. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So yeah, another time, another time. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, it's so cool about everyone that we, that we connect with on, on social media and on the podcast here, how pretty much I, a lot of them work, you know, covering the wild in some capacity or the, or the sport or sports in general, or are crazy fans like us and attend the games anyways. So it's going to be yeah. sweet uh, to start meeting up more and more with them. Amen. I agreed. Agreed. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially now. Cause I mean, when we were doing a lot of this, right? Like we're at COVID. the peak of COVID, like even if I wanted to, I couldn't go meet up with anybody. And now I'm figuring out like several of the people that we collaborate with, like they're pretty close by to me in proximity. So yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff popping off here before awesome. too long. Um, any any other takeaways from from opening night? I mean, on I mean yeah. on ice, we talked a lot about off ice and that experience, but I mean, uh, I this I, is this is also going to be off ice because Eric Qualley now is very very aware that we are not allowed to leave before the game is over. Oh, so this isn't baseball, Q? Well, but it, I mean admittedly like i didn't fight him super hard like i i would never have left before the game was over because i just don't do that like i don't rush to my car to get home but as far as we knew it was six to four and he's like okay man like if if you have to stay it's whatever but like i'd I'd really rather just get the hell out of here i'm like fine whatever so we get up leave and it's six four again and we're walking down the sidewalk going back towards his car and we hear some people yell behind us it's five five it's five and i'm just like sitting there thinking i'm like how does that math no that's right wait was it five three when we left like what's going on i was really confused and then we heard a couple other people confirm like holy shit wild tied it and i look at q and he knows right away that he's in trouble and we look up and we're like a block away from tom reeds i'm like i'm going and i'm getting us a spot you catch up when you want and i just fucking sprint so that's why you were there at the end of the game so i was that's why we were there Okay, so I was confused. I was I didn't bring I wasn't gonna bring it up on the podcast because I figured okay, whatever. It's not really a, it's not really a story. I can talk to Hoppy about it after. But no, wow, it's a that story. Con- <laughs> that connects a lot of dots. And holy fuck, I'm gonna give Q some. Uh, Dude. I'm gonna well, give him I've, an earful. I've for never. That that's crazy, man. I've never had an empty netter called back. Right, like we didn't yeah. expect that because they scored the empty netter, and that's what put him up six four. And that's when Q's like, "Come on, let's get out of here," and. <laughs> apparently it was an offsides or something and they ended up getting it called back from a coach's challenge. So like, that's great info to have at hand. So I missed the game tying goal, but was able to make it in time to catch uh, the end of the period and, uh, or to catch uh, the beginning of the overtime. And that goal was beautiful. Tom Reed's erupted. And that's the video. If anyone wants, they can go check out at state of hoppy. And uh, got the full video of the celebration there. And we even, like, I saw that play developing. I immediately pulled out my phone and started recording the TV, which felt really fucking weird. But got it done. Um, And 
I'm telling you, man, it was, it was quite fun. And anyone that doesn't know, like this is pretty well-known knowledge, I guess, but Tom Reeds, if you don't have tickets to the game, like I might start going there occasionally for like just game days if I'm not attending because puck drop to puck stop two first. That'll get not, you dinged up real quick. Not bad. Wow. Uh, I, I just, can't, I still can't believe it. That's hashtag make good choices. That's all. Hash, I'm gonna yeah, hashtag you. make good choices. And then, so as far as the game itself, right. Uh, it was exciting to see a fast paced game. Like, again, this isn't the Minnesota wild that people expect. Um, first thing that I've got to eat because I said it both to Q and to a buddy at work. Uh, they both commented on Kyle Connor. And of course the guy at work much more educated on this subject and was like, Oh yeah, that guy's sick. And what do you think my default answer is to that issue? when we're talking about the jets. Oh, he's not Ehlers. Accurate. And Q same thing. He's just sitting there. He's like, Whoa, who's 81. I like him. And it was like partially about him being fast, partially about his skill, partially about liking his hair. He's like, <laughs> if, I, if I was doing one of those DFSs on the same God damn application as before, Isha. It's still not the one he's supposed to be on, but we'll get past that. But he's like, oh man, if I if I knew, like I, I would have put him in a lineup. But anyways, he got the first two goals for Winnipeg. I ate that one pretty bad because Ehlers, no goals, but that's okay. He still looked great, and it was wonderful to watch him play. Just a treat to anyone who isn't aware. Nikolai Ehlers is one of the best-kept secrets of the NHL. They don't want you to know how good he is. Um, but from a wild perspective, I'll, I'll come out and say it, Like, I'm not going to overreact by any means. I'm prepared that sometime this season, I'll probably have to admit that I was wrong about Jewel Erickson. Oh yeah. He, he's looking the part. I still think with his skill set, he's the perfect championship third line center. He, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty comfortable. He looked pretty confident. Dude was doing some impressive things out there. Now, again, one game, not going to overreact, but I'm telling everyone, I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. This is one where I might end up having to admit that I'm wrong. And I'm just smiling always to hear that. Was he centering uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov? He was, he was. And hey, that, that's you're good. all welcome. That's good. You're all yeah. welcome <laughs> that I benched Jewel Eriksnek and Matt Zuccarello because like, Isha doesn't even know the half of it, but he's already aware that I'm quite superstitious. And obviously if I like needed to fill out my lineup, I would have played them, but I had to bench two people. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely benching these two because I'm totally fine. If they like make me pay for it. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of what I was going for. I'm like, <laughs> if they're on my bench, they'll do really well. If I start them, they'll do really poorly. So I'm going to put them go. on my bench and I'm going to, I'm going to do what's right by all of our friends in the wild fan base. That's awesome. Cause I, I just listened to, um, Joel Erickson Eck on Russo straight from the source. It was, and, a, it was a quick one. We, we got to stop before you get into that. Asia. Sorry. Okay. Okay. The evolution of his name. So first it was Joel Erickson Eck. Then, then it was, Joel. then it was Jewel. Then it was Jewel, like Jacques Jewel. Up, up, and, up and here then, and in now, Canada, and now... it's Joel, like Noel. Well, that's, no, nah, that's not right. <laughs> That's just Canadians being weird. But then the entire time on Russo's podcast, which I got to imagine he asked, how do you pronounce it? It was Yule. Yeah. So, so I, now I don't know. We went Joel, Jewel, Jewel, Yule. Uh, next, we're going to find out his name's Kevin. 
<laughs> don't know. But all right, continue anyways with what you were getting into for the Erickson Eck interview. No, I was just going to say that he even admitted that like it was it was it hasn't been easy to adapt playing ne- with those two players because he's not that he has to abandon his game. He just has to do things a little bit different than when you're playing with a Felino and who was it? Hartman on, on his wing. Nah, Felino Greenway. Felino Greenway. Sorry, but similar type of player there, right? More, more of a shutdown first line where he's still, he, he's still tasked with that responsibility, but now he can actually get into the play a little bit more and be a little bit more confident playing with those two players who, admittedly, and he even joked about this, they like to kind of hog the puck themselves and Zuccarello and, and Kaprizov. And fair enough, they've gained some chemistry from last year and trust each other. But I'm glad to hear that it's, you know, and we're still very early, but it's starting to uh, it's starting to all mesh together. Yeah, and it's funny that you say hog the puck because it's hilarious that, like, in a sense, yes, the two of them collectively hog the puck. Yeah, yeah. But it couldn't be more the opposite where, like, I feel like they're both going to need to learn how to shoot real quick because... They you, both you, keep you looking it, yeah. for each other. They exactly. always want that next pass. It's got to be prettier. And I can tell everyone from years of pain and suffering, watching what should have been the best power play in the league for years for Pittsburgh, they just need to keep on making one more pass, one more pass, make it pretty, make it perfect. And then they get one shot on goal per power play and don't score goals. Keep shit simple. Sometimes, yeah, that next pass is going to be awesome. But sometimes just shoot the fucking puck. Jesus Buddy, you, Christ. You're talking to a Canucks fan who had to watch <laughs> the Sedins do it for a minute and a half and then be like, okay, yeah, Kessel, you can score now. Boom, done. Yeah, a minute and a half. I don't know if you've got enough lotion to get through that. Jesus. Do you remember the shift? That was like five minutes of cycling. They went through two <laughs> lines for fuck's sakes. Anyways. Holy shit. That was way oh. too stressful. Um. All right. On the other, actually, I'm just going to cut that. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the wild game, um, the home opener, a lot of fun uh, for Hoppy, and I can't believe that that's the reason you didn't end the game in the arena and ended at Tom Reed's was because of Q, but now that I heard be- that it was because of Q, it kind of all just makes sense in a weird fucked up way. Um, I just want to give a quick, again, reminder, we'll talk a little bit about this uh, in, in this next segment here. Check out um, a-, a bunch of the other shows on the Hawk. We're on the soda pod here, starting with Brewery Travels. Again, Brewery Travels has its own feed, the Brewery Travels podcast. So please, if you're a fan of everything that Joel does, and if you've listened to him on the soda pod before, and if you dabbled and listened to uh, the first couple episodes that were on this feed before uh, he uh, he had he, we built one uh, for his own podcast there, please go check it out. Subscribe. Um, this week, Austin, Texas. It's a, it's a great conversation. So uh, listen up. Austin was not really one of the first cities to truly like emerge as a craft beer powerhouse, but in more recent years and maybe last decade or even the last four to five years, especially it really has emerged as a hotbed destination for people who love craft beer. So Pam, what do you feel kind of fueled this rise to national prominence? So I would say in terms of like national prominence, I think we still have an issue just because um, uh, the craft beer scene in Texas is just not well recognized. Our beers don't typically make it out of the state. And so other than people just visiting the state, um, they we wouldn't we, we really don't get a lot of that visibility. So. Um, but for Austin in particular, I think there's a couple of factors that that happened. Uh, well, not that happened, but just that are part of why we're such a great beer scene. It's a it's a big small town kind of a vibe, and uh, the 
the community here is really helpful to one another. Um, so you've got a lot of breweries that started, you got Chip with Live Oak and Brad with Real Ale, and they really helped other breweries get up and running. Um, and I think you probably already know this, but before 2013, you really, you, if you're a production brewery, you couldn't sell beer. Yeah, I mean, it was just, the laws were prohibitive. And so um, there were things like if you opened um, a brewery in town, you would, you know, offer a wristband or tokens or a glass and a tour or, or something like that to be able to, uh, you know, sell beer. And when in 2013, the laws changed and then um, brew pubs could uh, sell beer on site and that changed everything. And after that, we started seeing like a lot of breweries begin to open all around town, even in the smaller formats. And so uh, I think that really kind of helped with the explosion in the beer scene. So I believe it was twofold, you know, that, you know, the, the laws changing and then um, people being, uh, you know, so open to helping one another. So if you leave, if you leave Live Oak or you leave Real Ale or you leave, you know, whatever, and you go to another spot and, and um, uh, people were very open to that, helping others open smaller breweries around town. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Awesome. And again, I can't recommend more, folks. If you haven't tried them out yet, give them a listen to Joel Brewery Travels. Go back into the archives. He's only, what, seven or eight in now, Isha. And one of the more recent ones here, actually a beer that I am repping right now, um, had my mom mule it for me from Chicago. We have Allagash White. Um, now, this glass was actually muled back from Portland itself, but the can here for the Allagash White, uh, that came straight from Chicago. My mom was down there, and I said, well, you have to bring it every time you go out there now. And she's got family, so it's going to happen a decent amount, so I'm pretty happy. But, yeah, man, it's a it's an interesting beer. So if you go back and listen, Joel gets into the history and the background of it. But essentially, like, Belgian-style wheat beer, something that, like, no one drank. It was, like, a big risk that they took, like, putting all the time and effort into perfecting this beer. And now it's, like, one of the best-known beers in the country. And, like, described here as beer with coriander and curacao orange peel. That sounds intriguing. 
but really, so I've told this story a couple times and, you know, to anyone that's been listening for a while and heard my story about the Allagash White, just skip forward like a minute or two. You can ignore me here. But I moved out to Chicago right after college, worked for a uh, sports recruiting company. So like recruited and scouted high school athletes. And I'm not a craft beer guy at the time, right? All my life is, all I know is McGolden Light. And I legit went out to the bars and sat down and I'm like, so I know you don't have this here, but do you know what Michelob Golden Light is? And all of them like, look at me cross-eyed, like, what are you saying? And I explain it and their reaction is very justified, right? Like all of them are like, oh yeah, you mean Bud Light, you mean Miller Light. And every time I'm like, no, 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 not those. This is different. And they, they just couldn't get through it. And finally, someone's just like, here, dude, just drink this and gives me an Allagash White on tap because like a third of the bars that I frequented when I lived there for a year had it on tap and I drink it and I'm like, it's not my golden, but I can do this. And like, that was pretty much my go-to beer the entire time I lived in Chicago. Like little did I know this is one of the most popular beers across the country, like so sought after. And it's really not like my typical kind of beer, right? 5.2% clean like wheat type beer like think think blue moon for the basic folk out there who like that's something that you'd kind of relate with it's like that but just like a way better way cleaner version of that and like next thing i know like five years later i come across the peanut butter porter and the rest is history now i love craft beer and i circle back all these years later and realize oh my god uh, this beer that I like accepted as a Mick Golden replacement is like a legendary beer. So fuck. Amazing. Amazing. And I never get tired of that story. And, uh, and I always have to remember, or I always have, like, it always reminds me that blue moon, for some reason they changed the name in Canada to Belgian moon. <laughs> so I always like, I know, cause I think the same label, but I'm like, no, oh, isn't it, is it the same? Oh yeah, it is the same. I don't know why they did that. They should have just called it Canada's sure. moon. Now, all of that roundabout way of saying absolutely go back and listen to the Portland, Maine episode. Very recent one. Uh, my wife went out with my mom and my sister and just absolutely raved about like the amazing seafood out there, how beautiful it is mm-hmm. out in that part of the country here in the fall. But then most importantly, like I think there was 10 breweries within walking distance of each other that all were as good as the last. Um, so Highly, highly recommend that if you're just looking for like a well-rounded, cheap trip option. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk about another show that we have here on this soda pod, and what a week it was for uh, for Spokes <laughs> Z at Judd's Buds. Uh, from a short, not short intro to late recording to his dog having a nightmare, uh, there was there was also an hour of Minnesota prospect talk in there too. That one is worth uh, every minute. So go and check that out. And here's a, here's a little snippet of episode three of Judd's Buds. That's Brandon Duhame hockey, right? Uh, but what did Everson say? I, again, I think it was after game two. He said he looks like a lot like Moose, don't he? That's never a bad comparison. Correct. Right? Like So he's now played in two NHL games. And hasn't shown any reason to not believe in him. He's been, you want to go by the underlying metrics? Let's do that. First game, I believe he was individually, his expected goals were 
0.27, which were third highest on the team. Game two, uh, point what? I wrote it down. Hold on. 0.61, I think it was, which was first on the team. So the kids playing nine minutes in the first game, 13 minutes in game two, no special teams time. And he's naturally just in the right spot, making the right plays where he's expected to score a goal. Literally did. And those coward refs made the right call, made a terrible call and took the goal away from him. Cowards, terrible people. Um, but listen, uh, like I've said for months, the kid's ready. The kid belongs on this hockey team. He's an NHL player. Is his ceiling that of an Adam Beckman, of a Marco Rossi? No, but that's not what you really need, especially when you have a prospect pool like Minnesota's, right? Like, you do need that third-line, fourth-line grinder who's going to hit people, who's going to fight, who's going to do the dirty things in hockey, play those dirty, nasty minutes that you don't want Rossi or Beckman playing. So that's why he's here, and he's fitting in. And again, Everson just compared him to Marcus Foligno, which I think is a perfect comparison if he hits a ceiling, which I think he is more than capable of. Just the type of person he is, the type of player he is. So really, really, really positive showing from him. I think everyone was impressed. I didn't see anyone saying, ah, oh, this kid wasn't ready. Let's call up Beckman. Right? Like, we don't want Beckman here not playing on the power play of playing nine minutes. Again, I'm not going to dive into that for the millionth time, but... This is why he's here. Um, the bad thing about that. I've said it before. Um, I think I was on Locked on Wild with Seth Tupal. Seth, if that's not how you say your last name, I'm so sorry. It definitely isn't. My, so my apologies. But I think the emergence of Brandon Duhame more than likely spells the end of Jordan Greenway in Minnesota. Now, I love Jordan Greenway. I think he's an awesome kid. He's very entertaining. He's been trending up since he started here, like literally just looking at his points. Um, and obviously last season he put together his best offensive year to date. Um, but what's he 24 i want to say he's an rfa at the end of this year uh makes 2.1 right now and there's no reason that he's going to be okay with like a pay decrease uh he's gonna want more money he's gonna want more than one or two years probably unless he's like desperate to stay here he's not taking like one year league minimum obviously um I think his qualifying offer is like 2-4, 2-3. So even that, it's not super palatable, especially if you're the Minnesota Wild, who have this year of like negligible amount of cap hit penalty for those buyouts of Parise and Suter. Uh, but for the next three years after this, I believe it's three years, it goes from like 12-6 to whatever, 14 million each. So now you need guys making a million or less stepping in, making a difference. Brandon Duhame signed for the next two years at league minimum 750. I'll be honest with you, at the end of his next contract, I doubt he's getting more than 
1.2 million. Jordan Greenway, we know that management really still doesn't like trust him to the nth degree in terms of like, hey, let's give this kid four by five. Like they don't. And I understand that. Like, do you feel comfortable giving that kid a long term contract at like even if it's not big dough, but like medium dough that he's going to be able to like be that guy, whether it's a second or third line power forward on a Stanley Cup winning team. I love Jordan Greenway. Love him to death. Would love for him to stay here, but I think this really does spell the end for him. Yeah, the the dog having the nightmare was probably the highlight of the show. Glad it happened early for me to Yeah, quite to quite entertaining. Game. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> the I, I just like the color commentary throughout, right? He's like, yeah, so it's been 10 minutes now. I told you I wasn't going to do an intro, but fuck, I guess I did, just did a shitty 10-minute intro. All right, <laughs> prospects. <laughs> oh my God. That'll work. That'll work. Um, all right, last but not least, Toppy, what do we have coming up tomorrow on MNCAA? Tomorrow, again, we're bringing you the best. Um, unfortunately, Alex Micheletti sitting this one out because we got Mavericks on by. So it's understandable. We won't get to hear. I, I think he's just a coward, Isha. I think he's afraid and doesn't want to come and talk about losing to Michigan. But, hey, Ooh. is what it is. Is what it is. Um, but, yeah, we've got our, our typical crew here for sure. I know we got Nick Maxson getting into the fold. We've got Ryan Steig. And we've got Drew Cove. That's, oh, man, I, there's probably no lack of things to talk about there after the finish to game two of Gophers versus St. Cloud. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to hear, well, the outrage from one and the aggressive defense from the other. And uh, that's it. That's the show for today. Uh, again, thanks. Uh, if you if you have gone and tuned into Brewery Travels, Judds, Buds, and MNCAA. Judds, Buds, I mean, and MNCAA are on the Soda Pod feed. Brewery Travels, again, the Brewery Travels podcast on their own feed. We really appreciate it. Again, support Northland Vodka, 7th Ave Pizza, and our friends at DraftKings. Daily Fantasy for all you in Minnesota. Um, yeah, man, it's been it's been a fun week of hockey, I have to say. I mean, as a Canucks fan, it, it, it really, like, uh, again, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for that performance against the Buffalo Sabres. We, we made that team look good. Like, old man Craig Anderson looked like peak Roberto Luongo. It was it just it just pissed me off. But anyways, hockey's back. I I like the I like the waves that sports brings, the ups and the downs versus just summer when you're just kind of just waiting, you know, waiting for that rush again. So very exciting to be back in the thick of things in the NHL, uh, the NFL. I mean, it's it's rolling. We'll we'll have our thumbs up, thumbs down again for you <laughs> next Vikings game on oh, Twitter. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up, eh, Hoppy? That'll work. That'll work. Thanks to those tuning in on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you do for us this week, any week, is give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcast. A kind review as well. Uh, if you want more hockey content, and I mean, like I said, it's buzzing. Everyone's creating a ton of content on uh, on all their social media channels, YouTube, podcast form, whatever. Go listen, though. If you want to find more about them, on our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episodes before you listen, as it just helps our business. You can follow my Myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. Hoppy, where can they find you? You can find me at State of Hoppy. Most places. 
Again, check out our YouTube channel, The Soda Pods. Subscribe, uh, click that bell button to get notifications on all new videos, and give us a thumbs up, a like on all the videos if you can. And again, we're just as interactive on YouTube as we are on social media, so don't be afraid to leave a comment, both good or bad. And with that, signing off, I'm Ishii Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer, and stay wild.